right, so we've been talking about <laughs> God moves, <laughs> interesting enough. And uh, last week we, we really got into uh, uh, the obedience it takes to experience God's moves. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we, could, you know, we talked about all these natural decisions that we can make based on experience, intellect, and tradition. But, you know, to really do some God things, we, we got to do some super, make some supernatural moves, some faith moves, some kingdom moves. Uh, to operate in God moves. And then we gave you 2 Corinthians 10, chapter 6, and it says, having the readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Because like, sometimes we, we know God's trying to tell us to do something, and we figure, uh, you know, statute of limitations. We got a little rule in the house. Like if you buy something, especially something to eat, and if it, uh, if it hang around too long, it's, it's subject to statute of limitations where, you know, the other person can override it. Now, I think my wife's level of statute of limitations keeps changing depending on what she wants, you know. But uh, I think we do that with obedience a lot of times. Like, we know God told us to do something, and, and we kind of hit the override button and decided not to do it. And then we figure, well, that time's passed. You know, no, 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 it's not. You know, we, you know, the guy's still waiting on that obedience because ultimately our fulfillment is attached to it. Um, and, and like God's not giving us random things to be obedient by. He's given us a precise uh, instruction uh, to move us in a place of fulfillment. And so, and I know it's hard. It's hard for all of us uh, at every level to, to be obedient. So every level is just hard. But, you know, you got to, you know, we have to get to a point to realize that God loves us and his plans are always better than ours. And so when God is instructing us to do something, he's trying to get something to us, not trying to take something from us. You know, he's not just trying to put you in a fearful situation. I repeat, he's not trying to put you in a fearful situation, but he's trying to send you uh, a blessing. And the interesting thing about obedience is no respecter of age. Like, there's no, there's no respecter of age. Like, you can sense God's telling you something, you, you know, uh, at every level. It's just, you know, uh, that's why as parents, we're supposed to prepare our children to hear from God. You know what I'm saying? Because when they, they hear from God, then they can make the proper moves in their life. You know, so they're, they're, uh, they're, when they're asking you for support, it's a, it's, it's a support for a God move. So uh, let's go to 1 Samuel 15. Because I think sometimes we're confusing uh, our willingness to sacrifice with God's desire for obedience. Uh, And not because, again, we're going to hear some things that may be convicting, but again, it's not condemning. We always say that when we hear from God, it's a target. Like, so you're going to hear some things as a target. It would be nice if we can just translate ourselves into obedience just like that. But it's a target. Like even um, if you're driving down the road, we talked about this last week, and you miss a turn or an exit. Right. As much as you want to be obedient and get in the right way, you ain't going to just snap your finger and get on the right exit. You're going to have to travel down the wrong road, get off, you know, the GPS and keep moving you forward, though. It doesn't tell you stupid. Turn around. You missed the exit. It never tells you that. What it, it, it keeps moving you forward. Uh, when you get to exit 151, make a make a left. Uh, uh, then make another left and make another left. It turns you around by moving you forward, but it never tells you to go backwards. Right. So the same thing in the, in the kingdom, you may have missed your exit of, of obedience, but 
the Holy Spirit is giving you the next best step from where you are. He's constantly moving you forward and he's going to spiritually reroute you so you can get back in line with what God originally planned for you. It's back on a path to fulfillment because he loves you. He knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Always trying to move us to fulfillment. Now, we may settle for less than that. But, you know, you can temporarily settle for less than that. But your settlement has a shelf life. It only lasts for that present moment. Right. Right. But after a while, it wears on you. Right. Because because ultimately your fulfillment is in the place of your obedience. So so if you stay in that 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 compromised place, that complacent place, that settle for place too long, it wears on you. And, and now what was initial pleasure starts to depress you. You start to feel empty. There's a void. Right. Because your, your, your thirst is quenched in the place of obedience, right? All right, so, so, so we got to keep moving. Uh, so 1 first, first Samuel 15, uh, uh, 22, and Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, key word sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of God? My wife said we need a word from the Lord. Why? Get the word if we're not going to apply the word, right? Why show up every Sunday to hear from God, hear from him, and, and, and then go a different direction, right? Or, or take the word like it's a seed and just keep it in our pocket for another, for a rainy day or something. You know, a seed has no value unless it's sown, right? You know that, right? You can have the most precious seed in the world. If it's in your pocket, all you got is seeds in your pocket. You got to put that, that seed in the ground. So, so God give you this precious word and you just got it in your pocket waiting for a rainy day. No, 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 no. That word is for you to act on, to sow that thing by making a move, a God move to trigger some things that God is trying to get to you. So here it says, um, uh, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, it says, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of ranch. That word hearken means listen with the intent to obey. Ain't that right, cuz? It's listen. So, so I'm not just listening just to hear. I'm listening with the intent to do. Right? Like, like we play basketball together for a while, right? So, so we're talking to each other, but we're talking to each other so we know the next thing to do. Yo, pick him up. Yo, let's, let's scream. Roll, roll, man, roll. And, you know, I probably get on people's nerves. Like, yo, why you ain't roll? Right? right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yo, switch, man, switch. Oh, really? You just call the pick out, man. Call it. No, say something. Don't just hear me. See, if we communicate right, right, we're on the same page. We're on the string. We can roll together, right? Right, but if there's no communication, there's no acting on. You know, I, I, did, I, I did Bible study with Ohio State football. They had this playbook, but I watch how the, the plays were so strategic. Like, everybody knew where to be. They knew where to be. They knew where to go. They had a play. The play was instructing them to do something that was supposed to facilitate a victory. But suppose somebody got in their head. I ain't doing that. I don't think that's important. Well, well, you win, but we lose. God's saying the same thing. I got, I got a family. 
and we all got instructions. Each instruction connects to the other person's instructions. So if somebody doesn't do what they're supposed to do, you're, you're messing up the whole team. The scripture says all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for us to be obedient to what our assignment was. It says, it says creation is groaning and travailing, Romans 8, 19 through 21. So everything God created is travailing, waiting for us to be obedient because their blessings are hinged on our moves. Our blessings is hinged on their moves. Everybody got to be moving, man. I was playing in uh, uh, Washington, D.C. It's coming from New Jersey, visiting. And I was playing at this playground. I was sharing this with somebody recently. So I get on the playground. I'm coming down court. And I'm used to everybody filling the lane so we can, we can make this happen. Well, the other guys was down here. Take them, cuz. You got them, cuz. It's like, you got them, cuz. It's like, it's one on four. Where's the team? <laughs> Ain't y'all supposed to be rolling with me? Create some diversion so I can do my thing. Right? If you don't show up, they're all attacking me. That's what God is saying. Some of my people are getting attacked because somebody, some of us aren't playing our positions, creating the diversions to open up the pathway for the victory. Yes. See, we got to be making God moves together, man. Yes, yes. God moves together, right? Yes. Uh, so having, so, so, so uh, I told you obedience is better than sacrifice. So some of us are willing to sacrifice. Oh, I'll do without that. I'll do without that. Well, you know, just enough for me and, and my little four, three or four. Yeah, but God says, I don't need you making sacrifices. I need you being obedient because I want your cup to run over to impact others. He said, fine, you don't need nothing good. I'm going to pour abundance on you so you can now use that to, to impact others. Okay? All right, so, so, so this, see, our fulfillment is on the other side of our obedience. That's the key. And this is the thing. Um, a fulfillment, it does have an allergic reaction to something. Disobedience. Like, like, like a, a, a fulfillment, you can see, uh, you know, we was in, we, we was in New Jersey uh, yesterday, uh, last two days, and my wife, uh, when we got into town, she started coughing and she said, something's, something in the air. <laughs> I was like, yeah, pollution. <laughs> she was like, I, you think I'm allergic to something? Yeah, it's probably the pollution. I said, you don't smell them fumes? <laughs> right? And uh, so, but, but it was soon as she got in the atmosphere. And then the trip is when we were outside, she would cough. We got indoors or something like that. She was fine. Right? Yeah. Fulfillment is like that. It's, it's coughing. It's choking. It's choking on the fumes of disobedience. It just, it just it, uh, fulfillment don't like it, right? See, that dis disobedience is a, uh, a rebellion. And see, fulfillment rejects, self-destructs in the midst of that. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so God's trying to get us to a point where we're not disobedient. See, when you're disobedient, because um, the one thing about disobedience, like you put yourself in a position, like, like, like disobedience is almost like a disease, in need of medication. And the, the, the tough thing about disobedience, it, it self-medicates itself on manipulation and control. Disobedience, because you know you ain't, you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. But, but to, to, to be comfortable there, you have to manipulate around or control the environment because you don't want to flow. See, 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 obedience is flowing with God. It's floating. 
It's just letting go in the water and just flowing with God. It's trusting God. Disobedience is trying to grab something, trying to hold on to something. You know, don't, they don't want to flow. It, it doesn't want to flow. It wants to be in control. You know, it has to control the outcome. And uh, I wrote something here for you guys. I'll make sure I give you this. Uh, see that 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 the the self medication of disobedience is manipulation and fear, and that's that's a warped view of what's really great and powerful. Disobedience, manipulation, and control is a suppressant. You know, it's like like you have people that drink because they go through stuff, but you know that's that's a depressant, right? Y'all know that, right? All right, so I got like two mm-hmms. So y'all trying to, you know, all right, listen, ain't nobody trying to get on your, your alcohol. I just, I'm just trying to make a point, man. It's, just, it's reality. You know, you, you make the choice, but you can make a healthier choice with, with, the re, with all the information. You know, sometimes we're making choices, but we don't have all the considerations, right? So now going forward, you know, so I, listen, you, gonna, you have choice. You can do what you want to do, but do what you want to do knowing what you're doing. Alcohol is a depressant. Now, now, but look at the setup. I'm depressed. I'm going to have a drink. Okay, I'm not going to have a drink. You know, I don't drink. I'm, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, so, so it's a setup. You're, it's almost like I'm thirsty. I'm going to have a beer. Well, okay, y'all don't want me to mess with the beers. Uh, I'm going to have a Coca-Cola. I'm thirsty. I'm going to have a Coca-Cola. All of it is dehydrating. It's almost like. I'm thirsty, trying to keep my thirst quenched, but I'm going to take on something that's creating thirst. I'm depressed. I, I want to be, I, I need a relief from the depressed, so I'm going to take on something that's creating depression. Yeah, yeah. Does, does that come across like condescending or anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm just trying to break the reality. I'm just trying to give you the reality. And so... The manipulation and fear is almost like disobedience is taking a drink because I'm disobedient. I know I'm not supposed to do this. So I need to do something to relieve what I'm doing. So I'm going to drink manipulation and, and control. But that's a suppressant. It's stopping you from being fulfilled. Because you got to let go to be fulfilled, right? We talked about uh, freedom the other, the other week, right? And so... What manipulation and control does is it's almost like you're trying to be your own God and control every outcome. Because think about it. When you decide to be disobedient, what you're saying, God says do this, I don't think I need to. And, and listen, I think everybody is, is, is respectful of God enough where you ain't saying that out loud. You're like, please, God. You know, like, I don't think we won't roll with that kind of swag, you know. Man, I ain't doing that. What? You know, yeah, they, they, they asked me uh, when I was in college, they sent some scouts. Uh, yeah, they wanted to know why you didn't come to the trial. Man, what I look like, man, running up and down that court, running them suicides, ain't going to play. Please. I've said some other things. I cursed back then. Uh, right? Right? You ain't rolling with God like that, are you? Man, what I look like being obedient, man? You know, people gonna look at me, think I'm weak and soft, and, and I'm a Bible man, a Christian, and all that. Man, come on, God, you got me twisted. We ain't doing that, are we? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. I beg to differ. <laughs> See, we're not saying it, but that's our actions. How, how do we choose that we ain't gonna be obedient? Something in us says what we think is more important than what God says. 
What we feel is more important than what God says. Right? What they say is even more important than what God says. So, so what's going on in your head that tells you? The scripture says lean not to your own understanding, right? Doesn't it say that? Yes. Did I just make that up? Right. I didn't say that. Listen, man, listen. I've leaned to my own understanding at times. Stung for it. Got bit for it. Got embarrassed with it. Right? So I'm not, listen, I'm just a messenger. <laughs> but it's dangerous. Because in that moment, thou shall not have, thou shall have no other God before me. Ain't that with the Ten Commandments? Yeah. Right? Well, when you decide, I hear you, God, but I decide I'm going to do this. So what you think and what you feel you're saying is of a greater authority than what God is saying. Now, you're not trying, you know what I'm saying, you're not overtly saying it, but actually your actions are saying it. See, God is a little different than us. Somebody can say, you know, uh, 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 Venetia, I really love you. And all their actions is not loving you. And we be rolling like they are loving us. Which is something like action override or something. You know, like we pretend. Well, it's kind of really like maybe they love me. Well, they did smile this to to at me today. You know, they went to dinner with me. I paid for it, but they went. I mean, they might not have had the time to go. I should be happy they went to dinner with me. Right? They, they did call me, right? You know. <laughs> see, see, see. I didn't say that. My wife said one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> right? right, but what I'm saying is. <laughs> you ain't right. All right, so, so what I'm saying is like we, we, we will we'll override the actions and go by the words. God ain't like that. God, he said, don't he, he say in his Bible? Uh, you honor me with your lips, but your heart's far from me. Right? So God, God is not going by what we say. He says, he's told us, you're known by their fruit, what they do, what they produce, not what they say. He said, because that's how I'm looking at y'all. So God don't trip. Like, God just be looking. You know, I can see God like looking at you. Be like, well, you know, God, I love you. like when you look at the kids you know they did something they act like they didn't do it nah I don't know how that got done <laughs> really I can see God looking at us like that okay because my word says if you love me you would keep my commandments hey, my word says how you gonna love me who you can't see if you don't love your brothers so he's looking at our actions to determine our love case in point he's looking at our, obe our obedience He's watching our obedience. Like we say, I, Lord, Lord, I love you. I trust you, Lord. Because I hear people all the time say, yeah, because I got a lot of faith. Really? So that means you do everything God tells you to do. <laughs> you see, I, I, I can hear it in people's spirits. Like, well, actually, I... <laughs> Let me change that. I'm making an effort, God to try to get to a place where I show you the love that I want to have towards you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it, right? 
Yeah, 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 okay. You know, I, you know, I kind of overspoke a little bit. <laughs> I didn't mean love, 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 love. I meant, you know, like love. <laughs> you know. Okay, okay. Factuation. <laughs> okay. I'm getting to a place where I really trust and believe you. Right. Now, again, the scripture says, in our time of weakness, he's strong. So God can get us there because he wants us to make God moves. He wants us to make moves that are like, this is what God told me to do. Boy, I'm about to see the outcome on this one. Remember we talked about that motion-activated door? You know, like you got to take the step for the door to open. But imagine you just sat around, like y'all go out to Walmart today, and you, just, you go to... And people come to you, uh, 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 sir, uh, 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 Mr. Ray, what are you doing? I was waiting for the door to open. Why are you standing back here? Well, you know, I, you know, I'm believing. I really believe the door is going to open. Yeah, 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 okay. No, no, I have a lot of faith that that door is going to open. Now, you know, just hint, you're a Christian, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm Christian, Christian. Faith without works is dead. You ever thought about taking a step to activate the door? I mean, just try it, you know, move a little closer. <laughs> oh, listen, move a little closer. <laughs> right? Move a little closer. It may activate some things. I just try it. See what happens. <laughs> See what happens when you take a little step. See what it opens up. What it activates. And see, that's what God's waiting on for us. Obedience is activating the door that's opening up the windows of heaven to pour out blessings you won't have room enough to receive. Right? So, 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 so obedience is not a, 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 it's not a, it's a great thing. It, it sounds like a restrictive word. Man, I got to be obedient. But it should be like, oh, I get a chance to be obedient. Right? <laughs> Woo! What God got on the other side of that motion activated blessing opening door? <laughs> what God got? Right? So I'm going to see that's obedience is motion activation for us. Oh, uh, we could say fulfillment activation, right? I right, so, but ma manipulation and fear tries to control our fulfillment. And the interesting thing is, fulfillment can't be controlled. That's the change. You, you know, stuff be coming at you fast. You know, you guys have been working, uh, harmonizing, getting in agreement, working to be obedient, pressing in, locked in. Uh, what did you say? Uh, I think it was the fast week or something. You said, well, you know, we've been going to this for six years. Yeah. All right. Can I, can I put y'all stuff out there? All right. So you said, we've been going to the church for six years, but we really wasn't uh, uh, tied in or planted it, or planted or whatever. Like, we weren't really doing that. So she said, uh, you know, the revelation I got, we had like a, uh, what'd you call it? What kind of basic membership, you know, uh, but we wanted the benefits. I kind of, I'm paraphrasing all this, uh, the benefits of a VIP membership. She says, but we got a VIP membership now. And so, so when you cross over to the VIP membership, you know, like you, I, I know y'all, y'all remember VIP from the clubs. I ain't going to say nobody last night. I was just going to say the clubs, right? <laughs> nah, I'd be nice, right? But, you know, like, you got access to stuff other people don't have access to, right? Mm -hmm. VIP, right? right? 
right? So you're saying you got a VIP membership in the kingdom. So, so you, you guys have had access to some stuff. Stuff just start happening. Promotions, uh, uh, finances, just stuff just start. But it come at you fast. It could be overwhelming. You know, so, you know it's like, relatively speaking, it's like you go from a couple things that you don't want to lose to, oh, my God, I don't want to lose all this. You know what I'm saying? Like, whoa. Like, you know, you start to go, I hope I do this right, you know. Like, you know, right? Because it, it just come at you fast, right? That's, it's called fulfillment. The initial reaction to fulfillment is to choke. Because it's too much. Like, hey, like, no, that's enough. That's enough. Like, that's enough. No, 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 you just got to float. See, see, you can't control it. You just got to float in it. You got to let it submerge. You got to let it take over you. Like that dream that you have, and it's like, you know you need to let go in the dream, but you think something's going to happen, so you're trying to hold on. <laughs> but after a while in the dream, you just got to let go. <laughs> and then you can do like, Okay, I was just going to see the results of this. That's how it is. I remember when I got filled with the Spirit. Uh, we, I was just talking about this yesterday at the funeral in New Jersey. And I got filled with the Spirit, and um, I'm in this service, and I ain't know what all that filled with the Spirit, because I wanted the part, I wanted only the level of God that I could control. Which we learn here at the church, the infilling, the new birth, and all that. I in, the, no, not the infilling, the indwelling. Just the, my initial Christ going, uh, the Holy Spirit going into me and regenerate my spirit. I'm good with that. But then the infilling is, it was a different level because now I'm being submerged in the spirit, like it says in John chapter 3. Right? And I'm like, ah, I, like I was in there that day at that service. I was like, listen, I don't care how long y'all praying here, I ain't letting go. This is what I said on the inside because I, I had never let go before. You know, born and raised in North New Jersey, everything had to be, if I can control it, I'll participate in it, right? This was the first time I experienced something I couldn't control. Salvation was cool. I mean, just go up and accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, cool. You know, either they put me on some roll or something or I'm in, you know. <laughs> but this Holy Spirit thing, ah, I was like, no, no, listen. Stop praying, because I told you I ain't letting go. Now, I ain't say it out loud, but I was saying it on the inside, right? I was like, why don't y'all just, don't y'all ever give up? <laughs> it was one of them churches that never give up, right? It was one of them churches that tarry, <laughs> right? Right? So they ain't give up, man. And, and I felt like something was, I, I felt like I was about to throw up. Not throw up, throw up. Sorry about that if it seemed gross. Um, but I was like, like, I couldn't hang on. Like, I ran out of flesh control. I just let go. Man, my tongue started going 100 miles an hour. I was like, what in the world? But, but I, let me tell you how I felt. I felt like I was going to explode if I let go. No, literally, like my body parts would be exploding all over the church. That, that, that's how it was on this house. I ain't letting go. No, hey, no. But I let go. And as I start growing in this life, stuff starts coming at me. And I used to, because I'm, I'm, I'm a cerebral thinker. I'm a, uh, I'm a disciplined guy. I'm a planner. Like, I, I, I try to plan stuff. Yeah. But lately, I ain't been able to plan nothing. So much stuff been coming at me so fast. Uh, you know, somebody in the hospital, oh, we, uh, we ain't got no time to be thinking about are they going to survive. We just got to operate in the Word. And the Lord would raise the person out of a coma or something. Right? This is all this stuff has been, man, it, we was driving yesterday. I said, man, I feel like the Bible days. I, I get it now. So much stuff is happening, they ain't got time to control it. They just got to yield to the Spirit. That's, that's how we've been rolling. I mean, it's been situation after situation after situation after situation after situation after situation after situation. If you was hanging out with us, you'd be like, 
You guys okay? <laughs> but I noticed something. We've only had one choice. Float. That's the only one choice. No, we ain't did nothing. People come out of comas and different things like, but it wasn't us. It was God. And then I, now I ain't talking about back in the day. I done told you some back in the day stories. We talking about all within the last two, three weeks. Guys, uh, young man couldn't walk. He walking. Young man was, listen, on life support. No, no, like, they were like, they were deciding to take him. And, well, you know, we might have to come take him off. This is a young man out in Ohio. And, and I told you the other day, the young lady said, no, 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 no. It, was, it reminded me of Bible day. She said, all y'all got to do is speak the word only. We know y'all serve God and you submit to God. Speak the word only. And I, it, it hit me in my chest when she said, I, I, hey, we spoke the word. I, I talked to the guy on Monday. He's out of the hospital. I just, I just talked to him on Monday. But it's been like that. Like, like God has been, no, listen, I wouldn't, make, I wouldn't lie to you, wouldn't make nothing up. I'm, I'm not saying, Jesus is the healer. Y'all know that, right? We teach that here at the church, right? But he uses us as vessels, right, to operate on that measure of faith that we have because he wants to manifest himself. He's trying to make God move, so he needs us to make a faith move. He needs us to see the kingdom of God. Right? And that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get us to that place where we, uh, where we live in obedience. The just shall live by faith. Romans uh, 1.17. Um, so, so what happens is, and, and, and we're going to get, we're gonna get to uh, 2 Peter. We're going to go to 2 Peter. <clears throat> so, so when God's trying to get us to be obedient, and we're not, um, and disobedience, what it tries to do is um, it tries to impair our vision. Um, and what it does, it pulls in what's called deception. Right? It tries to, you know, the scripture says uh, deceiving your own selves, right? But it tries to pull in Deception. It tries to deceive us. Uh, I was sharing this. Okay, let me not jump the gun. Let's go to Second Peter one. Because let's say if we only made decisions based on on what we can see right now, and and some of us, some of us, a lot of circumstances. So let's say that's that's all we had to go on. What's happened to us and what's happening to us. Well, that's depressing. If this is all we're working with, that's depressing. And hope is created when you can see beyond your circumstances, right? Like, like if you think you've done everything, you've done, right? If you think you've done everything, you'll be like, I done did everything, right? And you're tempted to be depressed because I've done everything. But let's say somebody comes to you or God comes to you and it's something you hadn't considered. It's going to start creating hope because you're like, oh, I ain't tried that. I didn't even know that was an option. So, so let's go here. Second Peter one, verse nine. <clears throat> ah. e we got to start with uh, verse three. I'm sorry. 
So according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, that's the earth life and the heaven life together, right? So life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of his divine nature. That's the heaven realm. Having escaped the corruption that is in this world, the earth realm, through lust. So lust kind of keeps us grounded, earthly only. But it's saying we, we've escaped that. Verse 5. It says, besides this, giving all diligence. Beside this, that we have access to more than just what we see, right? It says, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. So, so you know, just shall live by faith, virtue. And to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, patience, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, right? And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity or love. For if these things be in you, all these things listed, and abound, you're submerged in these things. It says, overtaken by them. It said, they make you that you shall neither be barren, that's having nothing, nor unfruitful, that's not producing in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But look here, verse 9, there's a but there. It says, but he that lacketh these things is what? Blind and cannot see afar off. Forgotten that he was uh, purged from the old sins. So when God has given us obedient steps, uh, now we're going to have to operate some virtue, some patience, some temperance and things like that for the manifestation. He's just trying to get some things to us. He says, he says, but what happens is if we don't have all these other pieces that helps us to stay in that word from God, we'll, we'll, we'll go blind. It says, and we can't see afar off. See, see, when I can see vision, the Bible says without vision, my people perish. Is that when I can see vision and, and when I can see outside of the scene, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18, don't look on the things that you see for they're temporal, subject to change, meaning they have to submit to change. Anything you see is temporal. I was telling them in New Jersey when I played in college, we had those uh, Daisy Duke type shorts, the shorts like up to here, you know, that's what we played in, you know. Uh, I don't be wearing nothing like that now. You know, those shorts were subject to change, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, subject to change. Right, right. I can't roll like that. I, I mean, I, you know, I, you know. But <laughs> I was just trying. To, I was thinking of it. I was I had, I had a picture because uh, it was tight, tight. You know, like tight, real. <laughs> you see, laughing because it probably looked real funny now. You know, because I don't wear stuff like that. But I'm saying it was subject to change. Everything you see is subject to change. So the craziness, the mishaps, the debt, the debt. It's subject, it has to submit to change because it's already manifested. See? So it has to, once it's manifested, it has to submit to change. Just like once that rose blossoms, now it has to submit to change. It can't stay that way. It, it's subject to change. So it says the things that you see are temporal, subject to change. It says look on the things that you can't see for the eternal. Right? See, see, so... So I was telling them uh, in New Jersey, I stopped making decisions based on what I have. I start making decisions based on what he has. Right? 
But see, you can't see afar off. You can't see outside of the natural, outside of the earth realm, outside of the things you can control when you haven't taken on the things of God. The interest of the word bringeth light. It gives understanding to the simple. Uh, the, the Psalms 119, 130. So the more words you get, the more light it brings. And the more light it brings, the more you can see. So, so, so the scripture says 1 Corinthians 13, uh, chapter 11 and 12. It says, when I was a child, spake as a child. We talk about the scripture a lot here. Uh, thought as a child, understood as a child. It says, it says, but when I became a man, a mature male or female, I put off childish things. Now, respectfully, some of us have not put off childish things. See, when I was a child or so, so, so you, you got a little Broderick, he's, he's older now. Well, he's probably still acting this way, but he think about what's important to him. When he was real, when he was a little baby, mom come home from work. Well, she's probably working from home, but... <laughs> Was you working all day? He didn't really care how tired you was. Change my diaper and feed me. You figure all that other stuff you were doing before you met my need on your own time. But when you mature, you think outside of yourself. Well, you're supposed to. So when you say you've grown, that means you spend most of your life thinking outside of yourself what's important to other people. Philippians 2, you're esteeming others better than yourself. Philippians 2, 4, you're thinking mostly on other people's and not on your own. If you're not doing that respectfully, I'm saying this respectfully, you're still childish. When all you think about is what's important to you only, you haven't evolved. Now in the next verse, that's 1 Corinthians 13, 11, verse 12 says, uh, now we're looking through a glass darkly. So, so you know, we don't see the whole picture. This, this, we see a lot, but there's pieces missing. Or like, it's kind of like coming out of the shower. You, you kind of see an image, but you can't see the whole thing. It says, but then face to face, a clear picture of who you are, whose you are, and what you purpose to do. And the second part of that scripture says, now we, uh, it says, uh, what did I just say? Now we know in part with them which is face to face. It says, I probably said it wrong. Now we're looking through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now we know in part, but then we'll know even as we're known by God, how he designed us and what he purposed to do and what's going to fulfill us. So the goal is for us to constantly evolve, get clearer and clearer in our ability to see, because when we entered into this earth realm from the heaven realm, we came into a sin and dark world. Satan had been cast down here, right? Born in sin, shaping in iniquity. So the goal was for us to be born again, right? Born first, born of water, birthed, at, you, know, you know, the water breaks, you're birthed into the earth. Then born of the spirit, submerged in the spirit, and birthed in the sea in the kingdom again. That's John chapter 3. It says, unless you're born of water and the spirit, you can't see or enter into the kingdom of God. So you, all you see is earth stuff. You can't see afar off is what it's saying. So how can you make a God move? You can't see where you're going. So if God tells you to do something, you're like, man, you're crazy, man. I ain't going there. It's almost like you come to this look like a fork in the road to motion activate some things. But you can't see the door so you don't take the step. But God's trying to open up a window of heaven, pour out a blessing you won't have room enough to receive. But you got to take a step. But every time he tells you to take a step, you're like, take a step where? I don't see nothing. 
Now, now I need you to activate that door to pour out these blessings of fulfillment in your life. So I need you to take an obedient step. Man, you got to be kidding me, man. Step where? Open what door? See, because Satan has blinded the minds of men. Right? 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. So we walk around making these, we call ourselves strategists. We call ourselves wise and intelligent because we can make earthly decisions. But if you can't see a far off, you're not making heaven on earth decisions. If you can't see a far off, you're not making heaven on earth decisions. So every, the wisest earthly decision can't fulfill you. It can tease you. It may temporarily please you, but it can't fulfill you. So God is saying, I need you to make God moves. I need my children fulfilled. I mean, enough of this. He's like, that's nice. You worked hard to finally get props when you got your, you got your first house. You worked hard because that was the standard. You got the house and it was like, oh, yeah, you know, how you doing? Man, blast, blast, man, blast. Yeah, you bless. Yeah, yeah, Lord, bless me with a house, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, we back there. We back there cooking out. We're doing all types of stuff. Yeah, fine. Enjoy that. But guess what? Anybody in here that has a house understand it feels good when you first get it. But after a while, you don't even know you even have it. <laughs> when we moved to our house. I mean, we, we walked in. We was looking at the house. We walked in. As soon as we stepped into the bedroom, we was like, whoa. Oh, this sold. Then it was like, man, this house is big, man. Hey, um, look, look, sweetheart, how you doing? I don't know, baby. We might need to get an intercom system up in this piece. The house wasn't even that big. The house wasn't even that big. Like 2,600 square feet. It ain't even that big. So, but after a while, the house got small. It wasn't like, and all the stuff that was like making us feel good to be in there, we just feeling good just sitting around the house. Hey, baby, how you doing, baby? I'm doing great. How are you? We all smiled. Now it's like, we got to pay this note. <laughs> I'm thinking about moving. <laughs> right? You see how, see how things say? Remember when you got the car? When you first got it? Remember when you first, man, you, like, you know how like you would leave work early, but when you get the car, you like, you going to the parking lot a little slower and make sure you speak to people you don't normally speak to. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I just want to say what's up, that's all. <laughs> oh, no, no, this, this little thing. <laughs> this little thing, this God, just looking out. That's all. Hey, man, hey, 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 you be blessed. <laughs> you know how you're doing that? Uh -huh. Now, you're like, man, if I could just sell this car to somebody. <laughs> Can't stand this car, man. <laughs> it ain't, you know what I'm saying? It just changed. And then you see, like, like, 300 more, like the next day, like, like where are all these cars? Everybody bought a car the same day? <laughs> all I'm saying is enjoy those things, but they can't fulfill you. They can't fulfill you. You can only wear the suit for so many times. And if it's, and if it's hitting, like if it's hitting, hitting, you can't wear it that much because you had such an impact the first time. <laughs> <laughs> if you wear it too, too close together, be like, ain't that that off the hook powerful suit you just wore? Right? <laughs> yeah. 
You understand? What I'm trying to say is God wants more than that for us. He wants us to enjoy, enjoy the suit, enjoy the cars and the house and stuff like that. Because the Bible says he's given us richly all things to enjoy, not to be fulfilled. He's given us the life, purpose, and plan and promises for us to be fulfilled. The things to enjoy. The purpose and the plan on the other side of your obedience is for fulfillment. But you can't even see that. Right? If you don't do some of the things that God says. And uh, we, were, uh, we were in uh, New Jersey. And um, so my mom passed in November. And so uh, my plan for years was I'm not doing my mother's funeral. But when they called me up and nobody asked, uh, I'm not, they weren't disrespectful. It was kind of like, yeah, so, uh, so, so, all right, so we got you doing the funeral and then uh, we got Melanie singing two songs. I was like, okay, so well, I was really, I told, I told one of my sisters, I said, well, I was really thinking about not doing the funeral. Oh, you got to do the funeral. It was almost like no conversation. And so I said, okay, okay. I said, so obviously, and then the Lord said, I'm trying to minister to your family. So you're not, you're not up for ministering? And then I know what you're thinking, Keith. You're thinking, well, I did the last four or five funerals. I don't want them to get uh, worn out hearing me. He said, well, that would be, if that's the case, your church going to get worn out hearing you because they hear you a whole lot more than <laughs> once a year. <laughs> right? He said, no, 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 no. I need you to minister to them. So I said, Lord, what do I say? Um, and he says, tell them what your mother would want them to hear. So that's what we talked about. That's the first time I taught stuck in time. Well, my aunt passed, which was her sister. She only had one sister. I said, well, Lord, what do you want me to say? He says, well, tell them what your aunt would say. And so what I share with them is my aunt would want us to open our eyes and fight to see. And I was telling them, I said, you know, my brother was sharing something with me. I was talking to him earlier this week before I went out to Jersey. And he said, you know what? He said, Keith, what I'm learning, and he said, I'm growing. He said, my brother's five years older than me. He says, what I'm learning is... Uh, People don't shed stuff. So what he's saying is like we carry stuff. We carry what people did to us, what, how they offended us, how people did us wrong, uh, the, 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 the mishaps. We just carry it around and we, we just pile up all this stuff. The Bible says lay aside every weight, but we're actually building up all these weights on us. And so God's trying to get us to evolve, but we're stuck in the cocoon. Now, y'all understand the process of a, a, a caterpillar. You know, they, 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 they develop this cocoon around them, and this fluid fills them up. Now, they have to squeeze through the cocoon, and when they squeeze through, that fluid squeezes into these little tiny wings, and it makes wings for them, and they fly. Now, let's say you see the caterpillar struggling, and you break the cocoon because you're trying to help the caterpillar out. The caterpillar's going to die because the fluid is now that's intended to produce wings will suffocate him. He has to shed that fluid into the wings for it to fly. So yet when he squeezes through the cocoon, it pushes the fluid into the wings. The caterpillar is not designed to be the best caterpillar on the tree. Top caterpillar. CEO caterpillar on, uh, you know, bank of tree. <laughs> you know, corporation. Right? He's not designed. No, 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 no. He's designed to fly and see the world. Y'all still think I'm talking about the caterpillar? Sometimes we work so hard to be comfortable in places, 
almost like a caterpillar, the best of our tree community when God is trying to get us to fly. But we have to shed some things. You can't fly with all these weights. You can't even see that you can fly. With all these weights. Uh, I heard this story a long time ago with some chickens and, and some eagle. Uh, no, an eagle had uh, fell out of a nest into a chicken coop. So woke up and, and really had, was blinded to that he was an eagle. So when he saw all the chickens around, he started to mimic what they were doing. So, you know, they pecked, they, you know, the chickens hop a little bit. You know, so uh, just, just, just bear with me because y'all know I'm a basketball, basketball guy. So they out on the yard playing basketball. <laughs> and so, so one day the chicken, you know, goes to take, make a move. He's feeling good that day. Takes off and he leaps over all the chickens. But he had, like, what is that? Like, ah, what is that? So now he's sweet, you know. You know, he, he, like, he, he like, you know air chicken even though he's an eagle <laughs> so 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 he goes out another day you know nobody's around he's testing his hops so he take off and all of a sudden he panics because he's in air that he hasn't experienced he's overwhelmed so out of panic he starts to flap and takes off flying and then when he flies he's like what is this and he ends up flying over some water when he flew over the water, he looked and realized he wasn't an eagle. He, was a, he wasn't a chicken, he was an eagle. Flew back over the coop and was like, bye-bye, chickens. <laughs> See, what's the point? The point is, some of us are eagles hanging out with chickens. Just settling for them, being better than the chickens. When the whole time, you're an eagle. Right? See, see, God's trying to get us to make some moves where we start to fly like eagles. Not just hop around like chickens. Wow. <laughs> I, I have a crew here. So, <laughs> so, so, so we got to get past this deception because deception will pull us into illusion. And then if we stay in illusion too long, we'll get delusional. You know what delusion is? Defending the illusion. See, see, see that, that after a while, that eagle convinced itself it was a chicken. Just a different chicken. Or actually, it, it was, it was, they, they were talking about him. What kind of chicken are you? Look at you. It was different. Like some of us are. Right? We're different. We never was designed to be conformed to the world. We were designed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. What, what does that do? Helping us to see who we really are. That's why you don't sit right there or you don't get along with this person or they frustrate you on the job. Because I'm not trying to dog out the people on your jobs and stuff. But in some cases, you're hanging around chickens. And you're tripping on them. They doing what they're supposed to do. You just ain't doing what you're supposed to do. You know, you're CEO in the janitorial department treating everybody like they tripping and they're like, yo, dude, this is what we do. We janitors. At this level, why are you coming down here? Why don't you go to the 18th floor with the other CEOs? 
Why are you hanging out here trying to treat us like something wrong with us? No, you don't belong here. Elevate to where you're supposed to be. Make a God move. Get to a position where now you are positioned to help us get out of being janitors. We're groaning and travailing waiting for you to manifest as the CEO of this place. Because then we'll be treated, appreciated, evaluated appropriately. The wrong person is in authority. That's why we're not rejoicing. The Bible says when the righteous are in authority, we rejoice. So God is trying to get us to be obedient, trying to get us to see outside of the clouds, outside of uh, the delusion. But he wants us to uh, open our eyes we can see. And remember, Elijah was with his uh, servant, 2 Kings 6, 16. He's with his servant, and, and, and Elijah was going around telling, like, he was, he's a prophet. So he saw what was about to happen. So he was telling the, his king what the other kings was going to do before they was doing it. So they, 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 they got armies together to attack. So they sit, they standing around chilling, him and, his, him and his servant. And his servant go, Master, Master, look at the armies. Chill out, bro. We good? It's more to be with us to be with them. Servant's like, see, logically. His servant's like, you got to be kidding, man. You see all these armies? It's just me and you. He said, hey, he said, Lord, open his eyes that he could see. Open his eyes. When the Lord opened the servant's eyes, he saw chariots, heavenly hosts, all around the armies. Those chariots didn't show up when, it, when the Lord opened his eyes. They were there already. He just couldn't see them. They were in the heaven realm, just like in your situation. There's things, resources, support, right? Protection. All around you in the heaven realm. But we have to open our eyes to see it. We have to open our eyes to see it. So we talked about this at this church plenty of times. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Conjunction. You know, I was in Jersey, so most of the people kind of grew up with me. We used to watch the show Conjunction. Uh, it was the Alpha show. Said, Conjunction, junction, want your function. It was just spitting out phrases and clauses. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, but, but a conjunction, and is a conjunction, that means heaven and earth. That's different than heaven or earth. Right? Heaven and earth was designed to be together. That's the first scripture in the Bible. Genesis 2-1, God was finished with the heavens and the earth and all the host of them, all the population. That's the original plan. After that, he created man and gave him dominion and all that. After he already set up for us to live on earth as it is in heaven. After sin, because it said that they were, uh, uh, Genesis 2.7, he created man. Genesis 2.25, it says they were naked and unashamed. Why? Because they were focused on God. We talked about this the other day. Who would focus on anything else if God was around? You focus on fixing your tie? If your makeup right, do you have your lipstick on and God's right there? They were consumed with the heaven realm. Oh, they always had something to look forward to. Oh, my God. It just seems like every time we go around, all I can say is holy. 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 
Every time I, this is a man, holy, whoa, holy, 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 holy. That's all they can say. Satan tempted Eve. They walk out of the presence of God. And it said that they knew that they were naked. They took their eyes off of the heaven realm. It said that they covered themselves and hid themselves. They, they went blind. All they saw was what they had in the earth. From that day forward, they were blind to heaven. God sent Jesus the door. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Why? You can't even see the Father. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But those that uh, diligently seek him have to know that he is. You can't see God without going through Jesus. He's called the word. Entrance of the word bringeth light, gives understanding to the simple. You actually see the heaven realm now. Now you start making decisions for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. Now all your spiritual blessings in heavenly places, Ephesians 1, 3, is how you're making your choices. Now we rolling now. We can be obedient because when God says, hey, take that step, open that door, you're taking the step of faith. You see the door is going to be open as soon as you take the step. It's your motivation. You can see afar off now. And that's what God is trying to get us to do. To make God moves, what motivates you to make God moves is you see ahead of time the results. The scripture says in Hebrews 12, Jesus was able to endure the cross because of the glory that was set before. You know, you know what that scripture is saying? He saw past the cross to the crown. He wasn't, make, he, he wasn't taking that beating just, just to be taking a beating with the hope of something happening. He was taking that beating. He was like, compared to where I'm about to go, this is nothing. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed to me. Oh, no, no, no. Bring it, bro. I don't think you understand the power you set me up for. He saw the results. The Bible says the Holy Spirit has been given to us to show us things to come. To show us what's happening in the heaven realm. We choke when we lean to our own understanding. We're going to make safe decisions, not faith decisions. We're going to make earth moves, not God moves. Some of us make some pretty good earth moves, but it don't fulfill us. Temporary success. It's time for us to live by faith. Live to make God moves. See, you can't do that if you keep impairing yourself. Consuming yourself with the world, impairing your ability to see. That's why around here, man, ain't nobody spending all their time talking about uh, you're going to hell if you smoke and drink and all. Like, that's not the conversation that airs. The conversation that airs is, is it worth your ability to see? Or is it worth you missing seeing by any degree? Because that degree of cloudiness could be costing you your fulfillment. So that's what we talk about. So that's your choice. That ain't for me to go, don't come here if you was drinking last night. No, no, come on. Obviously, it was worth the risk to you. Obviously, whatever you've created that blind spot you can't see is, was worth it to you. Who am I to judge you? I don't have to deal with the consequences. That's why we ain't getting on no, we're going to tell you, make you aware. You, you know that created a blind spot, right? You know that impaired your uh, vision, right? You're, gonna, you're missing all your spiritual blessings. Places. You can't see them, I'm saying. 
And then if you go, yeah, but hey, if man, it was worth it. Who am I to say? I, I get it. You don't miss what you haven't had, but you sure feel it, don't you? Thank you, Ed. Thanks. Thank, thanks, Ed. Thanks, man. I appreciate that, brother. You know, sometimes the preacher needs some support. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you, man. You know. Stand on your feet. That's all. That's all. Just need to make some God moves, y'all.